Greetings, everyone. It is now time for Marked Safe. Tales of your very favorite and most beloved disasters. On Marked Safe, we discuss events and details that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen responsibly and stay safe. And now, here with your hosts, Brianne and Melanie, this is Marked Safe. It's time. It's time. It's, it's time. We've waited almost two years. This is not a drill. Not a drill. Not a drill. Although, hold on. Speaking of drills, I should probably let you know we've had tornado sirens off and on all morning. So if that happens, it's ambiance. Ignore it. Yes, it's part of the podcast. We had the most insane storm last night, too. We're in this Ooh, what scene. happened? Why didn't you even tell me about it? Are we even friends? Do you even love me? Well, I just started talking to you. I want to know about your storms, Melanie. It was just thunder and lightning. Nothing crazy. Nothing broke. I mean, that's still fun. Okay, so, wow, we're leaving people on a cliffhanger about what the fuck it's time for. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for tornado sirens, and we don't know why. I'm not even sure there's weather here right now. It doesn't really look like there is, but the sirens keep going off. Ugh, that's creepy. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to, in Midwestern fashion, ignore that. But it's time to start doing minisodes. Yes, we we've been getting stuff in. Yes, we have gotten, I think, more than enough to drop an episode, and uh, I think we're shooting for once a month right now, and I don't know about you, but I'm aiming to record sometime this week. Yes, definitely. Yes. Maybe very soon. Maybe tomorrow. There's still time to squeeze some stuff in, guys. If you have them, just yeah. send, them, send them in. Yeah. And I mean, if you get it in too late, it can go toward next month, but we would love to hear from you, and we have loved everything that we have gotten so far it's been incredible <laughs> yay we're so excited dreams like, come true dreams come true i don't know really what my deal is or why i've been so enthused about this since the very beginning of the podcast but oh my god i've been wanting this so much you just want to talk to me more i just want to talk to you more <laughs> i need people to send me their stories so i can tell them to you and you can tell them to me it's gonna be i just i don't know i'm excited i feel like I mean, we have been waiting for this for so long. I know. So long. And it's here. And to. it's because of you guys talking to us and us talking to each other. Oh, I love it. Can't wait. So hopefully, yeah, we're we going to try to drop this next week. Yeah. 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 I don't, um, I don't think we've put much thought yet into when, you know, like if it's this, you know, sometime in the month of this kind of thing or if it's a every 30 days kind of thing. I mean, I would love to eventually get it up to maybe even every week. Yeah. Um, but because, you know, it's really just editing turnaround time at that point. It's not so much research because you guys are doing the research. So if you want more content, you do the research. Yes. We'll edit it. It's a deal. Teamwork makes the dream We're work. We're shaking on this. Mm -hmm. Teamwork makes the dream work. Airhand. Teamwork. Teamwork is the whole dream. It is. It is. Did you listen to your songs? Yes. For the bracket. I, I can't tell if you're going to be pissed this week. Or <laughs> I thought you might. <laughs> um why did you think i might tell me more about that i just i had a feeling i had a feeling you had a feeling yeah like deep i think you know why <laughs> all right so the bare necessities versus Udalali. okay 
I will tell you, full disclosure, that as soon as I saw the fucking title of Udalali, I said, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> because I don't like songs with nonsense titles. <laughs> they irritate the shit out of me. This one is no exception. <laughs> so, again, as usual, full disclosure, I have not seen either of these movies. Oh my gosh, why are we even doing this bracket? <laughs> it was my idea. Um, I'm familiar enough with the concept of, oh god, what the fuck is it from? Jungle it's Book? Tarzan, right? Jungle Book. Okay, that's, isn't that the same thing? No. Really? Really. That's two different movies. Okay. Well, I'm familiar with the song, at least. Apparently, I'm not familiar with the movie or even what fucking movie it comes from. But I did listen to both songs. I listened to The Bare Necessities. It's too damn long, but it is very sweet. I do want to talk once again about your your matchup genius here, I think, is a really underrated thing. <laughs> I feel like we're not discussing this enough. I feel like no one is discussing this enough. I I pour my heart into these listen it shows does it i yes even when i um hate one or both songs it, it the the matchup it's impeccable the vibe you know i'm all about the vibes you are all about the vibes and it yeah, man i don't know i think that there is a lot of shit that you do in general like I don't think that we talk enough about the fact that you fucking design everything in the merch. Like, that's not outsourced. We're not hiring someone to do that. That's your fucking brain. I don't think that we talk about that enough. I don't think that we um, talk about a lot of the behind-the-scenes shit that you do enough. And I definitely don't think that we talk about your matchups enough. You're really Jesus stroking Christ, my ego cool. to this week. <laughs> yeah, I'll stroke you. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I needed that stroking. I don't know. Every week, I'm like, wow, those songs, like, go together in some weird way. And I can't even explain why. I can't even explain how. It's like they could be a mashup or a medley in a way that would work. Do we have really any musicians well? that can, like, do mashups? <laughs> I love mashups. I love mashups, too. I mean, it really depends on the songs. But, like, y you keep putting together songs that would be, like, dream mashups. So, The Bare Necessities, it's cute. It's a sweet song. I thought... The, the take a glance at the fancy ants and maybe try a few line was just very cute. <laughs> that was just adorable. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Ah, that was precious. Um, it's a very sweet, relaxing song that reminds you of really how little you really need in life. Yeah. And I appreciated its vibe. And then I listened to this oodalally bullshit <laughs> and I hated every second. <laughs> It is it's a it's a fifty seven minute song, so thankfully I didn't have to hate it for long. But I hated every minute. It it is some oh god, it irritated me. It irritated the shit out of me. I can't even explain all the ways that it irritated me. Reminiscing this and that and fuck off, stop it. I oh <laughs> contemplate nothing. Maybe you should contemplate something. Maybe you should contemplate writing better songs. Ugh. The voice irritated me. The lyrics irritated me. The title actually enraged me. Like of all the words See, in this, the that's bare what necessities you title enrages me because why isn't why did we not take the opportunity to make it B E A R? <gasps> oh my god! See, I didn't notice that they didn't. I would have assumed it was B E A R. Mm -mm. 
Like a oh, ball was wow. dropped. A ball was a, fucking a ball, dropped. A ball was dropped. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So if you want to go title, I, mean, I am, let's I am level the playing that. field with this. Because. Yeah. No. I mean, no. A ball was dropped and ridiculous fucking nonsense are not on the same level as each other. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. No. Nice try, though. Um, so the bare necessities obviously is going to advance here Udalali can advance to hell where it came from you know it's a staple in our house well i'm sorry for your house (laughs) (laughs) it shouldn't be (laughs) you need to find better staples it's i love it you can't change my mind you love it yes i love it that's why it's a staple in my house which one it's such a silly song there are so many staples in my house because i have a seven-year-old that are nothing to do with me no do you know how many times i've heard bad blood this week (laughs) it's on my fucking on repeat playlist on spotify of the songs that i listen to a lot which if you ever want to feel called out go look at that it's in my on repeat just because of my child it's it's bad it's no so no it being a staple in the house doesn't have anything to do with you you just have bad taste i do not oh really (laughs) really you know i would say that i will get support from the community about your bad taste but i feel like you have more stands willing to agree with you about dumb shit for some reason (laughs) i don't know why there are so many people kissing your ass and they're like oh yeah wiener goo i love to eat wiener goo just like melanie and i'm like no you don't people stop it listen people they're um i'm inviting them to let their freaky flags fly with me but i just don't even believe that's that many people's freaky flag i think i don't know i I think let's normalize wiener goo let's fucking not (laughs) let's absolutely the fuck not (laughs) take that back i won't i won't (laughs) Okay, so we're not normalizing shit that you want to normalize. Let's move on to this episode full of other things we don't need to normalize. Yes. Called murder. (laughs) (laughs) We're really leaning into the true crime on this one. And I was talking to you before we started recording. I hope that you, I hope that everyone is going to be okay if I make this a three-parter because I really want to. Go for it. I really want to. There's just, there's a lot of bad shit that can happen on cruise ships. And I was really hoping to get like four or five of the ones that I want to cover in today. But then I started, started digging into things and like, I got into two stories and they were just too fucking big. And I got to the end and I was like, this is like, I'm not going to fit more than this into this or this episode is going to be ridiculously long. So we've got two big stories. This is like one of those things where you go to somewhere and you can get like a soup and a salad or, you know, a soup and a sandwich or a salad and a sandwich. You know what I mean? I love the soup this and is, sandwich. What would you get? It really depends on both the soup. It depends on the options for all three. I think soup and sandwich would be my default. Like if I go to um, uh, McAllister's, I usually get half of a French dip and half of a mm. some kind of soup. It really just depends. Um, maybe, maybe broccoli. What's your, what's your favorite restaurant soup? My favorite restaurant soup is discontinued. What is it? Um, it's kind of stupid and obscure, but, uh, steak and shake. You I love steak and shake. Their soup. I mean, like I love steak and shake well enough, which is stupid because I've gotten food poisoning there like six times. Um, I don't learn. I want to do the Chipotle food poisoning thing. I want to cover that. What? 
I don't know anything about that. Uh, okay, well, I'll tell you about it one day. Yeah, in an episode, we'll record yeah. it. <laughs> um, no, they used to have this like boring, not very important vegetable soup as a side. And oh my God, I loved it. I still crave it. I craved it like crazy when I was pregnant this last time. It does not exist anymore. And I have not yet attempted a copycat recipe. What is yours? I tend to like French onion soup. I really love the loaded baked potato soup from O'Charlie's, but we don't have O'Charlie's around here and I haven't been to one in a long time. Oh my God. We don't have one in our city either. We have one an hour away where the family lives. So we go there when we go there, but have you had their potato soup? I don't think I have actually. Holy I have shit. It is. I have uh, very particular things I like there. Angel kisses down your throat. I, can't mm. I don't ever say that again. <laughs> what the fuck? Angel kisses down your throat. <laughs> Melody, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. Stay with us. We'll be right back. In space, no one can hear you scream. Unless you have a podcast. It's Space Castle! Join three nerds. I'm DT. I'm Alex. And I'm Seth. As they hurtle through space, debating movies, books, games, and answering your pop culture questions. All to maintain their own sanity. Space Castle. Your clubhouse and ours for all things nerdy. Available wherever pods are casted. say that about (laughs) if you could see my face right now i just made a green core memory from this (laughs) oh (laughs) so okay okay so is it a very small angel going into your mouth and down your throat, just kissing the whole way down? I think you're overthinking it. No, I think you're underthinking it. <laughs> I hate you for that. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. Um. Okay, well, I'll think about that next time I go to O'Charlie's. I guess I technically feel that way about their uh, spinach and artichoke dip. Damn it, now I want O'Charlie's. It's so good. The The dip? Yes. Oh, yeah. I love it. And we don't have any comparable dip in this city. And the rolls, oh, man, now I really want O'Charlie's. Okay, this is not we? How do we get O'Charlie's built in our respective communities? I mean, I just want to move back to O'Charlie's town, personally, but... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. We start a petition for that for you and maybe me too. Okay. 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 Wow. So let's get into this episode. I do. I don't really want to do a whole bunch of in episode content warning. So I will just tell you there is some stuff in this episode. It is not very graphic, but there are a couple mentions of things that are pretty rough. Um, so check the content warnings in the show notes if you have any concerns yes we always do it for yes, anyone we always do it but new, i don't yeah. yeah i don't necessarily always say hey make sure you check that first because you know i mean usually it's like drowning death by explosion but there are a couple references to sexual assault in this one and one of them involves um children so it is absolutely not graphic very brief but 
nonetheless. Terrible. Check content warnings for more detail, and I will put in um, some timestamps on that. So, okay, let's see. So the first one is a doozy. Actually, they're both doozies. This this is an episode of doozies. So 1947, because we're still sticking with our chronological order thing. And if you recall our last one, I want to say left off maybe in the early 40s. But, yes. you know, it's been two weeks. I don't know. So in 1947, 21-year-old Eileen Gibson, whose stage name was Gay Gibson, her career was thriving. Her life was flourishing. She was a girl boss. She was a theater actress who had seen enough success to be touring in various countries. Um, she had the looks that people associate with like 40s starlets, like the big, wide set, dark eyes, oh, little mouth, pale that. skin. I know. I've always thought that my face would have been a lot more successful in the 40s for that reason. Like I could, I could definitely hang with that look. I dig it. I got the big stupid eyes, um, which is much less popular. Not stupid. In, in this millennium. No, you think so? I mean, it's not like the worst face or anything, but I feel like it definitely had its moment and that moment is definitely over. No, I think <laughs> big eyes are in. I mean, I don't think like little eyes are in, but like mine are kind of wide set and just like no, your eyes large are, and no, dark. Your eyes are sexy. Uh, girls are literally doing like the white eyeliner underneath to make their eyes look bigger. Okay, I think that's weird anime shit. No, I don't think so. I think it's it, it's moving past anime shit. Okay, so it's it's anime shit becoming mainstream, right? I you see. know how it goes. Well, I do. I do, but I've definitely always thought that if I was going to take the looks that I have <laughs> naturally and be born into some era where I could make the most of them, the 40s would probably be it. And Gay Gibson did and was. So in October of 1947, she booked on the MV Durban Castle. I did not do the pronunciation of reading <laughs> i should have for this episode so we're just gonna roll with durban castle it is completely phonetic it's d-u-r-b-a-n i don't know i probably could have looked into that but i suck which was destined for london so that she could perform there i believe she was a stage performer gay and the ship set sail on october 10th and as with one of the ships in our last episode this tended to be a damn party on the high seas and two people who were about to cross paths on this ship. Oof. Person one, gay herself, who was very unsurprisingly a Gemini. She, <laughs> I, I love it when this information is available. I like nothing makes me happier. She came from an extremely religious family, but she was living her own life according to her own rules. She was a gorgeous redhead. Like I said, living her goddamn life sleeping with some married men. It's fine. Whoever the hell else she felt like sleeping with growing her career, being considered temperamental by some people who knew her again, she was a Gemini. And I'm it sure was, they were like, Oh, she's got a red headed temper. Uh huh. I'm sure. I'm sure. I saw something that said she would twirl her hair for attention. And I'm like, you know, we make her sound like such a dipshit with this, but honestly, how dumb are men that some fucking hair twirling is all it takes. Like, come <laughs> on. It, it's, stop it it's she's literally just twirling her hair calm down but they dug it and she apparently dug them and there you go it was speculated that she may have been pregnant with the child of one of those married men 
and that he may have paid for her to make this trip to deal with that one way or another. But I don't think that has been confirmed. She also tended to faint and she had what people called spells or turns. And I think that people saw her as somewhere between fragile and full of shit because of this, probably depending on who you asked. So there's Gay. She's on the ship. Person two, who is about to cross paths with Gay, is 30-year-old steward James Cam, who was very unsurprisingly a Sagittarius. <sighs> he, well, I have so many Sagittarians in my family, and I still will not refrain from talking shit. It's not how I <laughs> Not sorry. Um, he was charming and confident, and he asked the pretty female passengers to call him Jimmy. And with his black hair and ridiculous good looks, he was very popular on the ship. He was known to break the ship's policy by mixing it up with the female passengers, which he'd been disciplined for before. But like, listen, how do you discipline on that? I mean, I don't know. It's not allowed. So I guess you're like, hey, Jimmy, stop it. I don't know. But he wasn't going to stop it. I mean, other things that were not going to hold him back, his wife and child that he had. (gasps) But he was a sexy traveling Sagittarius, and he was not going to be held back by some stupid ship rules when he was sailing on a floating all-you-can-fuck buffet. (laughs) It was not about to happen. Apparently, he looked like a movie star named Tyrone Power, who, you know, not having actually been born in the 40s, I don't know who that is. Um, But I looked him up. In my opinion, Tyrone Power looked a little bit like young George Clooney with like the old George Clooney haircut. Because young George Clooney, like, wow, he he was doing some shit with his hair. It was really crazy. No, no. Tyrone Power looks like if Mr. Bean was just regular. No. Yes. No. No. Mr. Bean. Hold. Hold, please. May look up Mr. Bean. I I have an image in my head, but maybe it's wrong. Mr. Bean. Melanie, you you have done Tyrone Power wrong with this. Okay, do you see the picture? Like, holy shit. The red background picture? Yes. Yeah, a little that bit. Screams that screams Mr. Like, Bean. Every, okay, I, it doesn't scream it. It whispers it. <laughs> it I mean, it, he looks much less alarming than Mr. Bean even in that picture. But I, I mean, I did know that's the one you were going to say. But every other picture, no, no. He's very handsome. All right. You, the inside of your brain is a fucking circus. He was in a movie called Rawhide. (laughs) Rawhide. Sounds sexy, huh? Yeah, it does. All right. Sorry, sorry. Uh, No, you're fine. I'm putting Tyrone up. You're putting him up where? Well, away. (laughs) You're putting him away. He's dead, Melanie. It's too (laughs) late. He put himself away. Rest in peace, Tyrone Power. Pretty sure what put him away was a heart attack while he was filming a duel for a movie, actually, which sounds like an interesting rabbit hole. And it is, but we're not going down it. Take your ass to Google. Hmm. I don't know what to tell you. So, now that you have fucked over poor Tyrone Power in the worst imaginable way, (laughs) Gay was booked in first class. In fact, she was the only woman in all of first class with 59 men. Which makes me make the face that is that emoji where it's like all the teeth are out. Yeah. Like that's, ooh, I wouldn't want to be that. No. <laughs> uh, absolutely not. But the men in first class, like the passengers, were not going to be her problem. Jimmy was. <sighs> Jimmy was on his usual bullshit. 
and he set to pursuing Gay immediately and was seen with her in the first days of the ship's journey. He bragged to the rest of the crew, despite the fact that he'd been disciplined for this before, that he was getting friendly with the gorgeous actress, possibly even sleeping with her. And then, a week into the journey, when the ship was a bit off the coast of Africa, Gay danced the night away before she was walked back to her cabin a little bit before midnight, and she put on some black silk pajamas. At some point before all was said and done, Jimmy wound up in Gay's cabin, and Gay wound up in the ocean. What? Yep. Seemingly one of two things had happened. Either Gay and Jimmy were having consensual sex, Gay fainted, and from what I could personally speculate, maybe she was face down, maybe he continued without realizing she was unconscious and, you know, asphyxiating her in a pillow or something. It's possible. Um... Jimmy panicked after that. He knew that he would lose his job, which he needed, because again, he was married with a child, and pushed Gay out of the cabin's porthole. This Mr. Bean motherfucker. <laughs> Listen, I wish he did look like Mr. Bean, because... Ugh, ugh. But no. Alternately, Jimmy strangled Gay to death, then threw her out of the porthole to cover the crime. Now, in either scenario, urine ended up in the bedsheets, and this would ultimately be considered a sign that she had been strangled, which I personally think is a hell of a reach, considering that releasing one's bladder or bowels and dying is normal no matter what cause right, you die. Right, right. Um, but this this would end up coming up a lot, is that it was like, well, strang- urination, you know, is part of strangulation, and I just, I don't... Old-timey evidence. Yeah, I'm I'm not saying Jimmy did or didn't do it, but I think that is a bit much. I mean, knowing some other things that we'll know later, I think he probably did do it, but that's weak-ass evidence in my opinion. Yeah. So, around 3 a.m., the duty watchman was summoned to Gay's cabin. Now, I'm not completely clear on how the system worked, but it definitely involved lights outside the cabin, so some kind of electronic summoning system, some kind of electronic summoning situation. It does seem to me that you could, and I really kind of want to know more about this because I'm a little bit fascinated, but I could not find much. It seems like you could push one button for a female and one button for a male, like if you needed like a, a steward or a stewardess. And I'm, I just want to know more, like what, what would be, the difference in who you would request? I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I, I do nothing. wonder, is it like like the old doctor's offices, like outside the waiting rooms where they had the different lights? I think probably so. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know there was a red and green light, so probably so. So when the watchman arrived, no one answered the door. So he tried to open it and was greeted by none other than what appeared to be his fellow crewmate, Jimmy. He didn't get a clear view of Jimmy's, well, you know, theoretically Jimmy's face, but he felt sure that he recognized him. Mm-hmm. Jimmy pushed the door closed and rather gruffly told the watchman that everything was fine. And the watchman took that to mean that either Jimmy had beat him to the call light and resolved the issue, or Jimmy was hoeing around as usual and was in any event fairly unconcerned by it. So when another crew member came to clean Gay's room in the morning, she found Gay gone, the porthole open, and stains in the bed. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, how? I don't. I don't know. I feel like finding the porthole open is ominous as fuck. Yes, 
Like, you know, like, you know, right away. I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe people commonly open the porthole to get some air. Like, that could be, but I don't know. It's just... Not when there's stains everywhere. Yeah. So, before long, the ship's crew realized that they needed to locate Gay immediately, because this was not a good look. So, again and again, they blasted over the intercom. Will the occupant of cabin 126 on first class B deck report immediately to any ship's officer, please? Will Miss Eileen Gibson report to any ship's officer? Pretty quickly, they realized that she was not on the ship. And everything that they knew so far about the condition of her room and the night watchman's um, report about what he had responded to the night before, um, pretty quickly they realized this stuff started to look a little different in context, Mm -hmm. obviously. So the decision was made to lock Jimmy in his cabin until the ship docked. He was interviewed by the officer in command and said that he had nothing to do with whatever had happened to Gay, obviously. What he didn't know for sure was whether he had definitely been seen and identified by the watchman. And when he found out that he had, he cracked and provided the she just died during sex and I panicked story. Mm-mm. In his version, she, quote, clutched at him, foaming at the mouth, end quote, and then just died. People don't just throw bodies away if they just die. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I I find myself rather sympathetic to people panicking and doing dumb shit, especially if you are kind of a sleazebag and you know how it's going to look, which, spoiler alert, he's a sleazebag for other reasons, which he would have known, even though we don't know it yet at this point in the story. So, I mean, I guess it's possible that he could have um, been like, well, I have a bit of a reputation and this is not gonna look good so oh shit oh shit oh shit i don't know i mean it certainly doesn't make it okay right like i'm open to the possibility that someone may respond that way but mm. anyway jimmy would ultimately change his story six times oh jimmy oh jimmy so the captain turned the ship around to search for her body in the shark filled water I didn't want to say shark infested, even though most of the articles did, because I know that big shark will come for me. Like, people are very aggressive <laughs> about not treating sharks like villains. Yes. Like, and I, I feel like shark infested sounds some kind of way. So. Infested is... I don't know if I like that word, period. Infested. Well, I mean, I don't think you're supposed to like it. I don't think an infestation is really ever a good thing. <laughs> I don't know. Is there anything you want to be infested with? There was uh, Mitch Hedberg did a stand up about an infestation of koala bears. Uh, I mean, I don't know, because that doesn't sound good. Like an abundance of koala bears, a, a set. A, 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 I don't know. I feel like infestation definitely implies say, that they have become a problem. I have to listen to that again. I'm like 90% sure he said infestation. I wonder if, if negativity is inherent in the definition of the word okay i just looked it up and it says an infestation is the presence of an unusually large number of insects or animals in a place typically so as to cause damage or disease now listen they're also leaving out demon infestation which is a whole thing it is a thing that's also bad it's also very bad we have company over right now and my kids always love to like give the tour and show them where they're sleeping and stuff and they always say when we Past the demon loft. <laughs> what a throwback, right? I wonder if you still call it that. 
So they always tell our guests, they're like, this is the demon loft and it is haunted. Do not go in there. There are a lot of wasps, too. So my girlfriend, whose curiosity got the best of her, decided to open the door. What she did not realize is I have hanging in there all of my skeletons. What the hell? Of course you do. You were like, where shall I store these? (laughs) Not the garage, not a closet, not any normal place. You're like, how about the demon loft? She's just like, what the fuck, Melanie? (laughs) Yeah. How many times do you hear that in your life? She's like, the kids are telling me it's haunted. I go in there. She was like, they were right. I bet you hear what the fuck, Melanie, at least four times a week, every week of your life. Yes, I do. A lot. I knew it. I knew it. Anyway, so the water had a lot of sharks in it, and maybe it was filled with them, or maybe it was infested with them. It just depends on where you stand on Big Shark. So it was way further from the shore than anyone could possibly swim and survive. So they knew that at best it would just be a recovery mission, but they still didn't see anything. So the captain requested that police meet them at the dock in England. That's a loud car. Um, the police requested ugh, the captain requested the police meet them at the dock in England when they got there. And when they did, Jimmy was arrested and ultimately tried for Gay's murder. Everything from the room was taken in evidence, including the entire section of wall that held the porthole. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. Gay's body would never be recovered. That's sad. It is sad. During Jimmy's trial, among other things, um, whether Gay had fainting episodes was very contested. Many people. But she was a woman. She will. I don't know. I feel like by the late 40s, fainting may have been not standard womanly behavior. But I could be wrong about that, actually. Can we bring back fainting? Yes, let's do it. I would like to just faint when shit is a problem. Mom, I need breakfast. And then I just collapse on the floor. I would keep a fainting couch in every room of my house. I want a fainting couch so bad. (laughs) You deserve a fainting couch. So a lot of people from different areas and contexts of her life said that she did. But Gay's mother said that she didn't. And I personally think that the Occam's razor explanation there is that she had managed to keep them hidden from her mother to avoid freaking her out. But I'm, I'm speculating about that. Fuck if I know. But... I mean, in my own speculations defense, her mother was also completely scandalized by the and in denial about the demonstrable fact that Gay had contraceptives in her luggage. Oh, really? Yeah. Remember, her family was like super religious. So I feel like in light of that, her mom not being completely in the loop about whatever she had going on is not that far fetched. Right. So... In court, Jimmy said that shoving Gay's body through the porthole was beastly conduct. It also came out that he had scratches on his body and was generally a smarmy shit, having sexually assaulted female passengers previously, um, sometimes laying on top of them and attempting to kiss them. Ew. Yeah. The jury spent less than an hour before declaring him guilty, even with no body, which was only maybe the like third time that had happened in Britain. Although you would think it would be a little easier, you know, in the specific circumstances of a death on a ship, because like... How many suspects you have? She didn't leave. Well, yeah, how many suspects? And also, like, she didn't just go somewhere. Like, you know, things are more limited by default. 
in a Winnipeg Tribune article written by one of the Scotland Yard investigators investigating her death, which is something I definitely feel like we need to bring back, just like the actual cops themselves writing the newspaper article. What the fuck? (laughs) I love it. It says, however, as the killing occurred on the high seas, we were not in strict law required to produce the body. This law went back to Caribbean pirate days of Cutlass and Walk the Plank, but it was good enough to avenge the death of Gay Gibson. That's fucking cool. I know. I like it. So Jimmy was sentenced to death, but Britain was at the time on the fence and going through some shit about the death penalty at the moment. And they ended up commuting death sentences, I guess, while they were thinking about it, which is just like, wow, you can't just like pause them or something. You're just like, fuck it. We're talking about it. So we're just going to clear all these from the record. For the record, I am completely and absolutely in every possible case against capital punishment in that way. Same. But, um... You know, I mean, that does seem like an odd way of being like, well, I don't know. Well, while we're debating it. Just go live your life. Fuck it. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, he's, he, he was It went from prison, one extreme like, to wow. another. Yeah. We're not just like, I don't know. We're not going to carry them out right now. But no, they, they were just fully commuting them during this time, which is weird. Winston Churchill thought that was super shitty. And he said the House of Commons has by its vote, saved the life of the brutal murderer who thrust the poor girl he had raped and assaulted through a porthole of the ship to the sharks. So Winston Churchill was seemingly not a member of Big Shark. Mm. No, no. So Jimmy was released after a decade or so, but he was eventually convicted of sexually assaulting three 11-year-old girls in the hotel where he worked. <gasps> Why are yeah. we letting this man be around the Why public anyways? are we? The public where people sleep. sleep. Like, stop it. Um, and he had – I'm not really going to get into detail. It's not even relevant. But he had, like, done it in the same ways that he had done with women on the ship. Um, so he was sent back to prison for 20 years before being released and dying of heart failure the following year. So fuck that guy. Bye, Jimmy. So I was, I mean, I, I definitely don't want to say I was like pro Jimmy or pro Jimmy's innocence or anything, but it did seem to me like too much came down to the urine and whether she did or didn't have these fainting spells when to me it seems pretty compelling that she did. And I mean, the urine thing is just weak as hell. Right. So, and, and you know, it's, it is mixed whether people believe that he did it or not. It's very mixed. And I was kind of team, eh, but I feel like once you hear about all of the other stuff that he had done with the three girls and the other passengers, I mean, that it makes it really, real compelling. Yeah. 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 You just, I feel like trials with no body is like, it just feels like such a newer thing. I mean, I know it's not. So to hear something like this from like the 40s is. Yeah. It's bananas. Mm -hmm. So it seems very possible to me, like a lot of this ends up coming down to either. Was it a she had a heart condition and caused fainting spells and it was a total accident or did Jimmy murder her? And to me, it seems very possible that it's a both and neither situation. Um the scenario that tracks is that he, at least for me, that he sexually assaulted her. She hit the call lights for stewards because remember there were two for like a steward or a stewardess. Both of them had been hit, which was really weird. Yeah. She, yeah. And he probably yeah. didn't realize. Yeah. And tried to fight him off with a stiff bristled hairbrush explaining the scratches and that the stress of the assault may have triggered a cardiac event that killed her. That. That seems likely to me. 
So, I mean, obviously, like, we'll never know, but I don't know. That's my speculation. Either way, fuck Jimmy. Fuck Jimmy. Beastly conduct, indeed. He was correct about that. So, as an aside, I had the stories that I may want to cover listed out in chronological order, and then the next one up was Lynn Kaufman in 1959. I ended up deciding not to include it because it was just too similar to Gay's story. Okay. And I thought it would be either confusing or repetitive. I didn't want to break up my chronology or I probably would have just included it later now because it's a pretty interesting and meaty story. Um, Lynn was having an affair with a super sketchy ass dude, ended up murdered on a ship. And if you find this overall topic interesting at all, definitely look her up. I just didn't feel like it would fit into the flow of the story very well, but it is super interesting. Okay. So at this point, we are crossing the period of time where modern cruises became a thing as we know them. Um, because these, you know, they've been kind of gray area, like our last episode and the previous story, it's been like, I mean, they were basically cruises in that they were pretty much luxury passenger liners, but they weren't exactly the way we think of cruises today. Um, and now we are getting into the way we think of cruises today, because that actually started in the 60s. Um, with Princess Norwegian, Royal Caribbean, Carnival, and Disney starting cruise lines in 1965, 1966, 1968, 1972, and 1995, respectively. So that was really when this happened. Okay, so we are jumping all the way from 1947 to the late 80s now. Nice. Yeah. Scott Roston was the son of a chiropractor. He grew up and decided to follow in his father's footsteps, going to school in Georgia to do the same, the country, not the state. At some point, there was an issue where he was basically like not licensed in the U.S. And he and his dad went to Israel to try to open a practice there, which was also unlicensed. So I'm not really following the purpose there. But supposedly while he was there, he got mixed up with the mafia. And like, it's super weird. It's this whole fucking weird thing. Supposedly he got beaten up. Somebody tried him to marry, tried to bribe him to marry some girl. I don't what? know why. Was she like what that was supposed to do? Was her dad like someone know. big in the mafia? And she's like, "Daddy, I want him." I I don't know. I, it, looking at him, it's hard for me to understand why that would happen. Um, but he allegedly said no to that, and he wound up in jail there, and was just brutalized apparently and acted like quote a thumb-sucking eight-year-old in order to convince them that he was not of sound mind and get released (sighs) so okay yeah (laughs) it's fucking weird the whole thing it it just it reeks of bullshit but he wrote a book about the experience called nightmare in israel and self-published it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he paid, yeah, he paid to have a thousand copies printed and only, only one sold. Who bought it? His and dad? I, I really feel like he bought it himself, but I guess we'll never know. Oh. <laughs> so he, wa- don't feel too bad for him. So he wound up living in California until he decided to move to Florida and grow his practice. I'm really not clear on how he was going to grow his practice when he wasn't licensed here. I don't fucking know. He's so I mean, sketchy. Florida's the place to go if you're going to figure That's that fair. out. That's right? fair. That's fair. If you're like, I need to grow my career, but I don't know how and it's not legal. Yeah. Let's go to Florida. That's fair. You're right about that. Um, When we need to take this podcast to the next level. Florida. That isn't legal. We're going to Florida. <laughs> 
We're just going to start. I how you could illegally grow a podcast. Well, I mean, I bet it would be a great way to launder money. Okay. Wow. I don't know enough about Okay. So launder. listen, I've been thinking about this a lot. Works. I'm not a- thinking about us laundering money. Yes. No, not like we actually do it, but my brain goes weird places for a long time. So I was doing Patreon stuff one time and I'm like, I bet you could launder a fuck ton of money through Patreon because you're okay, not- I think- I don't know if you should say this out loud. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, I mean, because there's not, you could do so much without physical goods. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't really don't. know the, the inner workings of. It seems like you know way more than I do. <laughs> if we get a bump in our patronage. Uh, Listen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> No, I'm just, Stop it's just breaking my, the law, Melanie. It's just my side gig, money laundering. I'm joking. It's a joke. I, is it? I, I bet it's, you're, well, you're trying to have a pawn shop as a front. <laughs> I bet you could do a lot of shit with a pawn shop because like who knows what anything really should be selling for. Right? I got the code. Yeah. They use, do you though? I No, I do. They use codes. And you have it? I have a code for a large chain, yes. To where I can find out how much they paid for it and then know how much is marked up. What the? What the fuck? I have connections. Okay. Wow. No, they use okay. codes. They use codes. Tell me more. So it's um usually like a word or a couple words and stuff. And each letter stands for like a number. Right. Okay. And so you have all okay. your numbers. So then on the item, it will have like a series of letters. And then it's just like a code thing. You match the letter up to the number and they'll tell you how much they paid for it. What the? He- Seriously? Yeah. Is this real or like a conspiracy thing? No, it's real. This feels like a conspiracy thing. I mean, it might differ like between pawn shops, but there's a very large pawn shop that has a code that I have. What? How'd you get it? I can't. I can't get that information. But you know, like the old cereal boxes where it's like each letter stands for a number. It's like that. And you can, it it helps you haggle. Oh my. Okay. Will you tell me privately how you got that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry, guys. She's only (laughs) telling me. (laughs) Brian knows where the bodies are buried. Oh, I'd probably, like, here we go. Pawn shops, money laundering, bodies buried. I I swear I'm a normal person. I'm just no, a mom. You're, not. you're just a mom. Okay, Melanie. <laughs> okay, so back to fucking Scott. All right. Who's just a fucking, maybe your, your soulmate. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So he decided to move to Florida the Israel bullshit was somehow still going on there. And supposedly some dudes tried to kidnap him in a mall, but he shot one of them. Oh, so he went from eight-year-old thumbsucker to <laughs> Jason Bourne. Or Rambo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He later gave an interview and said, Israel took its best shot and they blew it. Okay, Pat Benatar. Seems, or right. Which seems like terminally arrogant and like a great way to make israel murder you even if they weren't originally trying to <laughs> i feel like at that point they're just gonna be like okay come on dude now we have to kill you we weren't we didn't even know about you but you can't talk shit like this 
So, like, the whole thing is, like, thoroughly screaming Tinder Swindler to me, which I bet you still have not watched, but everyone else will get that. I, I know how you are. Soon into his time in Florida, he found himself in the position that his patients often were. He fell down a flight of stairs. It is very unclear to me whether this was supposedly related to the Israel situation or not, but knowing Scott, I bet it was. But anyway, he injured himself and needed physical therapy as a result. As part of that, he went for massages twice a week where he met Karen, the young woman with strawberry blonde hair doing the massages. Hmm. He was 37. She was 26. Okay. So are you familiar with the half plus seven age gap thing? No. Okay. Well, I feel strongly about it. I guess there is like some kind of rule of thumb that's like, if you want to know if someone, you know, if it's appropriate to be dating someone of a certain age, you take their age, cut it in half and add seven. And like, it's sketchy to be dating below that, basically. Oh, no. So like, if you're 40, you should not be dating younger than 27. You need to stop. Um, if you're 20, it would be 17. There comes a point where like the math doesn't even work because it's like too young altogether oh, and you need, I need to a, fucking stop. Should I math mine? Yeah, of course you should. But I'm already married happily. What happens if my math <laughs> you, is wrong? You have to leave him. Oh, no. I don't want to. But then I'm the predator because I'm the oldest, right? Yeah, you, you'll have to. I'm sorry. <sighs> you got to do the math. Do it right now. And then you can tell him on air. Okay, so... If you have to leave. I went to school in Kentucky and I can't do math. Okay, so what do I do? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Okay, how old are you? I'm 41. Okay, hold on. I'm putting this in my calculator. 41 divided by 2 plus 7. So you should not be dating anyone younger than 27 and a half. Oh, I'm fine. Woo! Which, I mean, I feel like that oh, sounds about right. I felt like right. I won like, the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 27 like that seems would be, like icky yeah, young, Yeah. Though. It is kind of icky young, but at the same time, like 25, like that's getting into just like a power imbalance. And I know there's going to be some age gap relationship coming at me about this. I am actually prepared to die on this hill. So. Okay. <laughs> Whew, I was really nervous there. I, I will... <laughs> God, I'm not kidding. I'm sweating. I'm like, am I a bad person? I will alienate people over this. I don't care. So let's see. Hold on. How how young is too young for me? I should not be dating anyone under the 24, which I mean, I shouldn't be dating anyone 24 either. I but mean, under, 27 like, sounds gross. I, I would never date anyone in their 20s. Yeah. At no, this stage yuck. of my life. No, for sure. No. So according to the half plus seven sidebar, it was just the creepy side of creepy because like because he was an odd number his would come out to be i think 25 and a half and she was 26 Hmm. or maybe 26 and a half i don't know it was on the line that's for sure um i don't like it i don't i don't like it i don't care for it and i mean i don't know like i feel like it's when you're on the line like that like you have to factor certain things in and i mean he's a whole ass chiropractor and she's a masseuse i don't know i don't know and he's got all this life experience like being in prison overseas and shooting up malls and whatever else he's doing how is she gonna match her life experience what has she done yeah well we'll get to that okay she hasn't (laughs) nothing like that 
<laughs> no, you're actually not. <laughs> um, she she's got hobbies. So hobbies are good. I yeah, hobbies are good. I feel like he was a fucking sleaze bag. Um, he was into Karen, which just irritates me, and I don't know. If I'm being an asshole, I know it was a different time, but I really feel like we give men, even like old timey men. Oh my God. I just refer to this as old timey and it's the year I was fucking born. Oh, oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. Stop that oh, right now. Cause I'm older okay. than you. Oh, no one said you weren't old as fuck. That is not cool. So, wow. Okay. I feel like we give men past and present uh, too too little credit for comprehension and just like the emotional intelligence that they should be expected to have as a baseline. I mean, I know like now we're woke and you, you can't expect people to ha- be at the same standards in this year, but like, come the fuck on. I mean, when a woman is being paid to touch your body in a professional capacity, like, you know you're not her only client, so you know she's not harboring romantic or sexual feelings toward everyone, and you know that if you feel like she is, she's probably being polite. Right. But you still have to fucking make it weird. I I don't know. They did end up engaged eight months later, so maybe it was mutual, but I'm not inclined to give this dude the benefit of the doubt that he wasn't gross and predatory about it. He said that she'd proposed to him three times. But Karen's inner circle said that she had doubts and felt like things were moving too fast. I so, I hate this guy already. You're going to hate him so much more. <laughs> Maybe it worked on paper because he was a chiropractor and according to Murderpedia, quote, according to her, which I guess is a bit of a spoiler, according to her father, Richard Waltz, Karen's years of devotion to ballet, ma- modern dance and Tai Chi and a daily regimen of 10 mile walks had made her strong and agile. She was also a vegetarian. Is anybody just a vegetarian anymore? I think so. Yeah. I feel like I don't even remember the last time I encountered a vegetarian who was not a vegan. Um, no, I'm, I know a couple vegetarians. Okay. I think Abby's um, going to be a vegetarian. I've already said that on this podcast before. But you still think I so? I still think so. Mm. All right. Mm. All right. I... I always wonder a little bit about couples where their whole thing is we both love fitness. And I don't know if that is a me thing. No, I I, I think they do. It might, I, I think that's a you thing. You do? Yeah. Okay. I know fitness because, couples. Okay. It worries me because like I get that if you're a super fitnessy person and you're like, you know, prioritizing time spent at the gym or, you know, whatever. And you get to do your meal prep and everything. You're going to be eating meals together. Like you want to share a perspective on that. And I think that's completely normal. But it just, I don't know. I always feel like, are you guys going to be good? Like, if one of you kind of loses interest in that, Mm. if one of you, like, becomes disabled and isn't able to participate at that level anymore or at all, if one of you gains weight. Yeah, there could be problems in that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's definitely not automatically a problem, but I do feel like it is a good opportunity for toxic dudes to be toxic and justify it as, but we had this shared hobby as a backhanded way of making sure his wife stays thin. And I don't know if it's me, like if I'm just being fat and defensive, but I just, no, no. I, I mean, that's a great perspective. I, I don't know. I'm just an optimist, I guess. You are. You really I are. I would hope that that's not why guys would do it, but I know there are guys that would do that. Yeah. Like, 
And I also think there's girls that would do that too. Oh, absolutely. On the flip side. But I mean, if you've got two good or normal people in a relationship and that happens and, and, you know, just two good normal people, like that's not, that's not going to happen, but it just, it feels like a real easy door for a bad dude to walk through. Yeah. So anyway, apparently I was not the only one who had concerns about this partnership, although possibly maybe the only one who had it for that reason. I don't know. They had other shared interests, too, though. According to Scott, Karen loved his angry, rambling tangent of a book a lot. That's part of why she loved him, and he loved her for that. The book he sold one copy of? Maybe it was to her. It was to her, then. If she loved it. He just gave her one. I don't know. But apparently, according to Scott, she loved it. And, I mean, that that, that contributed to their love story. (sighs) When he was introduced to Karen's mother, they were already engaged at that point. And he brought his future mother-in-law roses and professed his love for Karen, but his mom, her mom smelled something off. Oh, he was love bombing. Uh-huh. She said, he's too perfect, not a hair out of place, perfect physique, looked as if he had a lot of money, which now I know he doesn't. <gasps> yeah. She was skeptical about whether Karen's engagement ring was even real and had it appraised to see if it was cubic zirconia, which seems a little toxic on its own, but we're going to give her the benefit of the doubt and assume that she was just looking for something tangible to confirm her bad gut feeling about Scott, which is legit. Okay. Nonetheless, on February 4th, 1988, Karen and Scott got married in Vegas. The night before, Karen's mother had called Scott and said, Scott, she's going to be yours now and please take care of her for me. He said, I'm taking care of her right now, and I'll take care of her for you, Robbie. Within days, they were aboard the MS Star Dancer for a honeymoon cruise, and I was getting born five days after their wedding. I love the name of that. Star Dancer? Star Dancer? Yeah. Hmm. But things were already a mess during their cruise, just days into their marriage. Scott criticized Karen for eating too many sweets and not knowing how to use the fancy and complicated cutlery at dinner. (sighs) It was bad enough that multiple other passengers noticed it and would later describe Scott's, quote, constant criticism of Karen. The couple would come to the attention of others on the ship again when Scott approached staff at 3 a.m. nine days after their wedding to notify them in a panic that Karen had gone overboard. But Scott had a completely rational explanation for this. He had a few, actually. But the first one was, if you remember, they were fitness enthusiasts. Mm -hmm. So at three in the morning, they decided to go get some exercise on deck. Exercise in the form of running. Oh, give me a break. Maybe they needed to blow off some steam because they had been seen fighting on that same deck less than an hour before. So maybe it was just like kind of let your energy out kind of thing. It was a calm, still night with five mile per hour winds, according to the Coast Guard. But I mean, the Coast Guard ain't shit. They must have been measuring the wrong place in the wrong Coast time. Coast Guards are idiots, you know? Uh, yeah, what do they know? Completely. Nothing. Because unexpectedly, a massive gust of wind blew Karen completely off the goddamn ship. <sighs> like a hell of a gust, because the normal speed that would knock a human being over would be about 70 miles per mm-hmm. hour. And just so, Karen, like, though. Yeah, right. Just she was pretty small, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the crew thought this was super sus. I don't know what crawled up their ass, but you know, <laughs> they they weren't buying it. And Scott must have realized that it the optics weren't great because he amended the story to say that she had just oopsie tumbled over the three and a half foot rail and into the ocean. 
And despite Scott's heroic attempts to rescue her, he even got himself scratched on the face trying to rescue her, Melanie. What? Yes, he is a hero. Hero. He's misunderstood. No, he's not. He's a zero. (laughs) No, he's a hero. He's an action hero. (laughs) So he actioned her into the ocean, I guess. He did not rescue her. He tried, though. You need to give him credit for that. They were just doing hurdles. They were running and they were doing hurdles and she got confused. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. And that three-foot bar wasn't a hurdle. It was... Yes. Or maybe they were doing like that thing with the pole. Pole vaults. Pole vaults. And she accidentally vaulted her ass right into the sea. That was big in the 80s, right? Sure. On the decks of cruise ships. So, as an aside, I'm telling you, bad shit happens at 3 a.m. Yes, we know. I know. There's literally a reason it's considered witching hour, and both this and Gay's call light situation happened at 3 a.m. So, I'm also pretty good at matchups, if I do say so much. <laughs> and I always say so. <laughs> so, I, yeah, and I've personally had many bad and or spooky things happen around 3 a.m. So, in case anyone is keeping track at home of the things I'm superstitious about, this is one. <laughs> so... When Karen's body was found in the water by the bullshit Coast Guard 30 miles from San Diego later that afternoon, the condition of her body told investigators three important things. One, she was a runner. Yes, she just ran into the ocean. (laughs) She was too active. No. One, she must have gone into the water unconscious and not attempted to swim because the reason that she was found so quickly at all was that there was air trapped in her clothing, making, you know, like a flotation device. Which wouldn't have stayed there if she'd been swimming, right. it would have been pushed out. But two, she must have gone into the water alive because her cause of death was drowning. And three, some shit had gone down prior to her going overboard. The textbook hemorrhaging and damaged bones in her neck pointed to strangulation. So Scott evidently argued with Karen on deck. Is This is what actually happened. Scott argued with Karen on deck, knocked her to the ground pressed her into the jogging track hard enough to get pieces of it stuck in her clothing, strangled her with his hands, and threw her into the water alive but unconscious to drown. Fuck face. Mm -hmm. When the ship docked, Scott was arrested. After his initial wind gust explanation, and then his Karen just fell her little ass right over the railing story, um... Wait, 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 wait. I wonder. Did we talk about this last time? Are there jails on cruise ships? I don't think we did, but I can I I can absolutely investigate that before the next one because that would be a great topic. I want to know because I know like I'll tell you airports and stuff have that. Listen, I know also that there's like a whole medical situation. And I believe sometimes even an operating room on cruise ships. You know what? We're going to delve into that next episode. We will do a big sidebar about the spooky behind the scenes amenities on cruise ships. Yeah, and we have someone that broke their leg on a cruise ship that I want to talk about on the mini show. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Wow, cool. I mean, not cool for them, shitty for them. Anyway, so after these first two versions of his story, Scott predictably brought Israel into this shit yet again, (laughs) claiming that his book, Nightmare in Israel, that had sold one copy, had apparently sold that one copy to exactly the wrong person because it was an expose of their government. And now they were pissed and they had sent agents onto the ship to take what Scott held most dear as revenge. Give me a fucking break. You're so skeptical, Melanie. My God. In fact, 
they drugged Scott first so that when he said she had been blown or fallen overboard, that was actually just a hallucination from the drugs. He said, I was not able to control my reasoning. I didn't kill her, but I know the people that did. Okay, who are they? Show us. What's her name? It's the Israeli agents, Melanie. No. His defense attorney had one thing going for him in that there were two Israeli nationals on the ship when Karen went overboard. But those actual people were brought in by prosecution. And it turned out that they it was a wedding photographer and his friend coming back from Disneyland after planning a fun trip around a friend's wedding that they had photographed. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine what bullshit it is to have to be dragged into court just because you are from fucking Israel and you are on a ship at the wrong time like god that's annoying so i bet that happens a lot or somebody's just living their fucking life yep and then place wrong time wrong amount of i want to hear more about that people yeah having to go to court because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time i bet there's a lot to hear Karen's own father said, I spent 28 years in the military, and if they, meaning agents, want to get you, they don't do it that way. They would be much more selective than something like this. I think this is poppycock. I love that poppycock. I love that this dude spent three decades in the military and is saying poppycock. Love it. Like, oh my god. Okay. So, Scott was found guilty of second degree murder on the high seas. Which is its own conviction, by the huh. way. If you didn't know I that, didn't. I, it, it, this has come up several times. I believe that is also what the guy in Gay's story, Jimmy, I'm pretty sure he was also convicted of murder on the high seas. I could be wrong, but I think. The judge said, this is one of the cruelest crimes this court has ever seen. It is this court's hope that this defendant never be released. And I'm willing to be the asshole and say that I feel like this seems a little dramatic. Like, I don't want to minimize the horror of what happened to Karen at all or her family's loss whatsoever. And maybe I'm just too too involved in the true crime world. But like, have you never had a family annihilator? Right. Like, have you never had somebody get dismembered in a bathtub? Yeah, there's a lot of terrible, terrible shit that happens. Yeah, all murder is cruel. Like, don't get me wrong. This is fucking heinous what happened to her. But that's the worst you've ever seen? How long have you been a judge? In Florida, too, yeah. Right? (laughs) All right. I would think this would be one of the milder ones in your day's work, not your whole career. But I guess, okay. And I feel like that's such an asshole thing to say. But I don't, I mean, really? It is curious. Yeah, it's curious. That's a good word for it. That Yeah, bring that word back. I mean, it's not gone, but like it needs to be used that way way more often. <laughs> so um, definitely with the judge, though, on hoping that Scott would never be released, but his sentence was eventually reduced from life without parole to 33 years. And he was released in 2017. Oh, shit. And I cannot f- yeah, I cannot find a goddamn word about what. Why are we covering this? Agents are going to get us. they're already in your house man i would not have been talking about money laundering if i knew that we were going to get mixed up with government now you have been brought to the attention of angry israeli agents i'm sorry targets on my back i'll put that in the content warnings maybe (laughs) so everyone who listens doesn't have to watch their back So, um, Karen's former boyfriend that her family had hoped that she would marry delivered her eulogy in church for her funeral, which I thought was really fucking sad. And that is the episode. Wow. I love when you dip your toes into true crime. 
I'm going to dip them some more next week. I like it. I didn't dip my toes this time. I jumped overboard. It was a gust of wind that did I it. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of water, you want some disaster relief? I would love some disaster relief. You go first, though. I want to talk about... I know I've talked about Pokemon a couple times in disaster relief, but... I want to take it like old school Pokemon trading card game. I know people think of like the cards and you can collect it. And if you don't know, you can actually play it. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about Pokemon lately. We play a lot. Um, but there's also if you just kind of want a, a primer on how to play, um, they have an online trading card game. For Pokemon that's free that you can play and my kids love it and also when you buy packs there's a QR code on one of the cards um, where if you scan it you can get more cards for the online game interesting and it's free and it's a lot of fun and I think that's fun everybody should jump on there because it's I think everybody should wholesome and I mean I want to get back to like board games and card games and yes God, yes. Love it. So that's mine. Yes, me too. Um, mine is neither weird, dumb, nor yum, but it is a little morbid. <laughs> um, and it is the place that buried the baby this weekend. Oh, yes. I don't remember if I talked about the burial thing on the podcast. I think I probably We briefly did. talked about it, how you said like you, this was an option that you, um, your mom helped you find. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so my mom had found this funeral home that was a ways away that buries um, babies lost during pregnancy. And they put them all in the grave together. Um, I think they, they do. I think there's something few, beautiful about that, by the way. I yeah, love I that too, they're actually. together. I actually do, too. I feel like whenever I tell anyone that, like, I expect them to not like that like i feel like people are going to be bothered by that but i am personally actually not at all i like it um so i believe that they do the burials a few times a year and then they will have a an outdoor ceremony um around that time for the families of whatever babies were buried in that group um so baby irving's ceremony was on sunday the 13th and Oh, I cried a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. Um, but it was, you know, beautiful. And I really think that it is lovely for the parents who need to have that happen. But I also think that it is lovely for siblings who are in that age, like Adelaide's age, where maybe they need a little, a little exposure to kind of grief rituals to right. help them through. We've talked about grief rituals so much on the show. And, you know, we don't always think about how relevant and important that is to kids. Mm -hmm. But I think that it is. I think that it is. And I think that, you know, like her in particular, she's at a certain age where she's asking more questions. It, and yes. And we're like, it is important and meaningful to her, but she doesn't really understand why. Right. It's just like, you know, something happens, something ends, someone dies and you need 
something. But I don't think she obviously has any idea what, you know, the various options are for something enough to articulate that. I don't think she obviously would understand the concept enough to articulate that, but she was very happy when I told her this would be happening. Um, so she obviously came with us and she, um, she laid a flower on the grave. I saw that. Yeah. And, uh, she looked over and I was crying and she held my hand and squeezed it. And she's such a good girl. I mean, she's actually a hellion, but (laughs) (laughs) even Adels has a soft spot. Yes. Yes. So, that was, I think, good for everyone. It needed to happen. And, uh, yeah, I'm really glad that that did. And I know that at the time I was very, very overwhelmed because I needed to find something. But I mean, I was, yeah, in the well, making that having... decision so quickly yes. afterwards because we, we did talk about that. You're going through so much and then all of a you sudden are, it's yes. like, you have to make a decision on what you want to do. And there's there can be a time limit sometimes. Right, right. And I mean, I was going through obviously shit emotionally, but I was also going through a lot physically. I had a lot of complications after his birth. I had a couple um, surgeries. And it, I mean, they didn't tell me until after the fact that I almost died in one of the fucking surgeries right. until they fucking called me for a follow up. And they were like, didn't think you were going to pull through. And I'm like, thank you for letting me know that. Yeah, Cool. Glad I have that information. Um, I thought it went okay. Apparently not. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I was going through a lot. I was on pain meds through part of it. I was a fucking emotional disaster. The hospital was absolutely, I think they thought they were helpful, but they were super fucking not. So I just want to say that if God forbid any of you ever find yourselves in a similar position, send us a private message and reach out and I will do the legwork for you to find it. Brian, that's fucking beautiful. There are a lot of these places that exist. I did not know that at the time and I did not know where to even begin at all. And I mean, if somebody, my mom, hadn't taken it upon herself to do that research – it wouldn't have happened. I just, I, I did not have the bandwidth for that whatsoever. I didn't know where to even begin. And if I had, I mean, I didn't even know that I could, I could delegate that to somebody because I didn't even really know it was a thing. And so, now you can delegate it to us. Yes. Now you can delegate it to us. So if you find yourself in that particular situation where you have a pregnancy loss that is, um, you know, I, I don't advanced enough that you need to think about that kind of thing and you don't know what the fuck to do send us a message and we will do it for you that is a service i just started offering i i fucking love it i love it i love you yeah that was literal disaster relief for me (laughs) yeah so it's kind of dark but i'm very um appreciative that it exists i'm very appreciative of the place very appreciative of my mom for finding it and i will be that person for you if you need it oh i love it well, let's so segue to Patreon since we're talking yes. about your mom. Yeah, okay. Can I make it awkward? Yeah, sure. What was the cap on the butthole picture? Oh, no. Because your mom kind of <laughs> made her own bracket, and I don't know if I'm comfortable with sending Mandy my butthole. Okay. Listen. <laughs> She's seen him before. I mean, I know she likes, like, retro stuff, so I could probably, like, do some cool filter on it. But yeah, take a Polaroid of your butthole. 
Okay. Mail it to her in the mail. Mandy, I'm sending you. I'm sending. Make her scared next time she gets I have her, mail from I us. have her fucking she, address. She'll open it. Oh my God. Wouldn't too. that be hilarious <laughs> if I sent your mom a Listen, Polaroid if she of my sender, butthole? <laughs> if she returned to senders that shit, I will drive to her house and pretend I'm just there to hang out and I will fucking tape it to her bathroom mirror. <laughs> Bet. You're getting a butthole, mom. <laughs> Uh, so yeah your mom upgraded her uh patreon well that's nice so. for us maybe not her we'll see in three to four business days <laughs> you have a polaroid camera i do i have two of them uh-huh yeah for, i was gonna say well longer than that because you know you need to like get a camera and stuff but no you fucking got I one haven't. i just remembered I that um and we have two more patreons they're gonna be buddies we have heather slynn S-L-I-N-N. I believe that's how you would say it. Slyn? I would. That's how I would say it. I like it. it. But, I fucking like it. I mean, again, I proofed nothing for pronunciations <laughs> for this episode. And your buddy is Laura King. I know how to pronunciate that. So. You think. Yeah. You think till she messages you and tells you it's. It's Lara. I don't even know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Laura King. So. Go donate blood. Go donate food. Go, go donate kidney. a kidney. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, until next time, sweet dreams or no dreams. Sweet dreams or no dreams. Hey, Horrible Ghouls. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to share your personal MarkSafe moment, you can send it to us at MarkSafePodcast at gmail.com. Please give our podcast a rate, review, and subscribe and tell your buddies about us too. That goes a long way. If you want to further elevate your support, check out our MarkSafe Patreon page where we have shout outs, goodies, and some bonus content in the works. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again, and as always, stay safe.